Welcome to the big Friday edition of Mick and MG in the morning. We love a Friday, MG. Hello, Cat. How are you? Great. Uh, it's the weekends ahead of us. Uh, my favourite drinks of the week, Friday knockoff, are not far away now. And we've already knocked the top off the opening round of the NRL with more games to come. You've got a special guest on the show today, MG. Yeah, we'll get in more in depth uh, with the last night's encounter, what a game it was, with Dave Riccio later in the uh, show. Sunday Telegraph's uh, Dave Riccio, who will give us some breaking news as well. Mickey, so can't wait to talk to him. All right, and uh, just looking forward, what do you got planned for the weekend? You got a darts comp on? What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, tonight I'm, off, tonight I'm off to uh, Bluebet Stadium. My young bloke, Mav, Plays at 5.30 in the curtain raiser to the, the first grade um, in the, the New South Wales Cup against the Bears. And then the Panthers take on the Broncos. So uh, then probably on Sunday, Saturday might have a, yeah, Saturday might have a darts competition, actually, because I've so when you go, new darts. When you go out to the stadium, to, you do like a lap in the back of a car and wave to the crowd <laughs> like a royal wave. <laughs> What happens Mickey, when you arrive? Mickey, Mickey, I'm the opposite. I wear a hat, I wear sunglasses, and I kind of try and hide in a corner where I can watch the game without talk. If, if, I, if I want to go and have fun in a corporate box with mates, um, that's a different scenario. But, but if, if I'm just going there to watch my young bloke, I kind of hide somewhere and, and just so I can watch him play without kind of talking to anyone about Because I always... Well, I get well, it. Yep. Yeah. It's a father-son moment, and uh, that's the priority. Cat, what yeah. do you got planned for the weekend? I've just put an offer in on an apartment, so I oh, might good luck. be. I might. You got be no a... chance. No, you have no come chance. On. You know, you what? won't even get close. No, there's you a jacuzzi on the not... roof. That's that's what sold it for me. Oh, jacuzzi, jacuzzi on the roof. On the roof. Ju- what's it doing on the roof? Well, it's just it was. It's there, and it comes with it. So oh, that's that's a good one. How many apartments? How many apartments use that jacuzzi? Oh, I reckon about. <laughs> 50. 40. <laughs> I wouldn't be getting near I would it. not be getting near that thing. That'll have the consistency of chicken and sweet corn soup. Oh. <laughs> and you are uh, off to Perth, Mr. Malloy. You you you're in you're on your way to Perth after the show. Today I'm on to Perth a... to do some shows. Yeah. Uh, entertaining the crowds over there. Um, it's been a while since I've been to Perth, probably pre-COVID, so I'm looking forward to that. They're really good crowds. They That's uh, awesome. they like the fact you've made the effort and they go hard. So uh, I'm looking forward to that and uh, so much more. It's going to be a great weekend, oh, people. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Friday's here. Gaia, he's over his head. What a try. Big Mark Gaia towering over him. MG Sport Report. Oh, what a way to kick off the 2023 NRL season last night. An epic 16 points to 12 victory for the Melbourne Storm in Golden Point. Uh, it had everything. Uh, sure, it was a little bit clunky at times, but come on, it's the opening game of a new season. And I thought both Parramatta and, Mel- and Melbourne dug real deep in times, uh, especially Melbourne. In the end, Melbourne prevailed um, to take their opening game of the year record to 20 under Craig Bellamy. And the club itself have won 22 straight, dating back to 20, uh, 2001, which is extraordinary. Uh, in the end, though, it was kind of Melbourne's dynamic duo of Cam Munster and Harry Grant who got the storm over the line, literally. Uh, Grant scored the winner in Golden Point after racking up an incredible 60 tackles in Munster. Cam Munster unbelievably returned to the field uh, just after half time after looking like he was no chance. Um, the official diagnosis is a compound dislocation of his ring finger. Um, the pain he must have been feeling in that second half uh, would have been extraordinary. And he's one, one tough hombre. I can only 
imagine what the pain he was going through. Uh, they also lost Xavier Coates in the second half, who left the field with a with a shoulder complaint. Um, look for the Eels. I thought their uh, their back three, who were kind of who were under a bit of question going into the game, in particular Jermaine Hopgood, who, uh, who I spoke about pre-game, uh, fifty-five tackles to go along with about one hundred and forty meters in four or five offloads. He was he was enormous, um, I, and I thought young Bryce Cartwright and Matt Dury in the back row were also very very strong. Um, as was as was Josh Hodson. Um, without Lane and Madison, they they held their own, but. Uh, again, worrying signs um, for Parramatta with Mitch Moses saga. I think dragging on too far. It's um, he wanted this sorted out uh, before the first game of the season. It hasn't been. And last night, Mitchell Moses wasn't the Mitchell Moses we saw throughout last season. Again, I'll say it's the first game of the year. But when you've got a, mag- a massive, massive uh, contract saga hanging over your head. Um, Parramatta want it sorted, and I think they got it. They should have had it sorted yesterday. It's it's um, one of them things that we'll be keep talking about and to keep talking about until, until it doesn't go away. But uh, what a game! Fantastic way to kick off the NRL season. Now bring on tonight's contest between the the Panthers and the Broncos, and also the Warriors and the Knights. Checking the latest online. It's Mick Talk. Here is an interesting story doing the rounds on all the platforms at the moment about a man in England uh, who's made money, and I can't quite get my head around this, from charging cold callers who kept phoning him to talk us through it. Josh, he's brought this story to our attention. Uh, How's it all work? Yeah, this really caught my interest because we're all getting those scam calls at the moment. I'm so sick of them. I just, it's, do you know what? I get more scam calls than real calls. Yeah, I, know. I have to sit Same. there and pick through them and go, I don't know that number. I don't know that number. I don't know that number. It's just and friggin' it's, annoying. It's always, Mickey, the time of night when you least, you least want them. Right. I, something, I've said this before, I'll say it again, phone carriers... Our tel- telco companies need to be answerable yeah, for this. Yeah. They should be, if if someone gets onto my phone with my number who don't deserve it, I'm going to blame you and you should be answerable. Anyway, wow, I'm, nice. oh, I'm getting, look, look at steam coming well, out you know, of the, the, uh, the, the, the election soon, you're getting pumped up about Perite <laughs> versus Mins. Well, it's all happening. So what, what's so going this, on? this bloke called Lee Beaumont has gone viral. He's from Leeds and he's found a way to capitalise on making money off these scam callers. So what he's done is he's bought a number which starts with 08. So 08 just means when people call him, he was able to make money from him. So anytime he's getting a scam caller... He's making a dollar seventy Australian per minute that he has him on the line. Well, that's very oh, clever. Far out. So we've got it. We've got a grab of him explaining it how he's doing it. Yep, I've been having um, cold calls for years, uh, mainly in the evening times. I bought a phone number starting zero eight originally to stop the cold calls, but in fact they carried on calling me on the 08 number and I started actually making money from them. I've been making 7p per minute on every single cold call that I've got. So far Lee's made about £2,000 from his premium rate number. Now most people wouldn't go that far. Oh yes I would. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Not only making money at the expense of Fraudsy. white hot assholes yep. who and you are getting back on. And he was saying he was getting <laughs> 20 to 30 calls per month. <gasps> So he's I not a man, that. he's Superman. He this is bloke. smart. He is onto something. Uh, well played. That is someone turning a negative into a positive. Well played. Once again, <laughs> as I like to point out, when there's hard-hitting news that drops, 
but we need to get across. There's only one person who can do this, who can be all over it and dissect it from all angles. And just such a story has hit our desk today. Uh, Natasha Belling, newsbreaker, a, a revered and respected newsreader yeah. of primetime news uh, and network heavy. Uh, we've brought in to talk us through a story that every Australian needs to know about. Go. The story stinks. It, well, it? to high heaven. Boom. Go. Okay. A nutrition brand is on the hunt for the world's first pumelier. Is that correct? Pumelier. Pumelier. It's like sommelier who sniffs wines, like down at Lily Pilly. Yep. Would you be a sommelier? Yes, I would be if I could say the word. Could you do a blind tasting? Yes. I bet you do. Most like being, <laughs> most like being blindfolded. <laughs> I know that's tasty. All right, so there's, uh, but we digress. Pumelier. In a bid to break the poo taboo, the brand is looking to train people on the sights and smells. And what, are you okay there, MG? No, I'm just thinking about it. And what it can reveal about a person's overall health and well-being. What are you talking about? You have to smell and rate. Yes. No. Everyone, this is a proper job. Yeah, I know. What are they? They're paying so for, two thousand six hundred dollars. <gasps> while they train you in all aspects, and and what it is, they're saying that uh, your poo tells you a lot of gives you a lot of information about digestive health, nutrition, what may be wrong with you, uh, <laughs> what you had for dinner. Oh, oh that's oh, easy. Did you have Thai chili? How many kebabs? Have you been drinking Guinness? I can do this. <laughs> I could be a pumelier. <laughs> It um, says it was looking... do a blind smelling. <laughs> That's what they do. <laughs> so this is interesting, isn't it? Because I know, you know, cat. I thought you were better than this. You're having a little titter over there. But this is a proper job. No, I love toilet humour. I'm all about this. I, you know what? For the rental prices right now, I'd consider it. Oh, exactly. no. Cost of living crisis. Why don't you get a dog to do it? They like sniffing other dogs' butt bots. Well, they could do it. No, because they do that. They have cancer dogs. You know they've got dogs yes, now that yeah. can, can detect by smell yes. what you have. If you've got cancer, they'll come in and go, oh, wow. If they start dry humping your leg, it might mean you need to cut something out. <laughs> Immediately, so a dog would be a good pumelier huh? if you could train them to react to certain. But who would get the money? You, you, you would get the money, not the dog. Twenty six hundred is a lot of money for to give you a dog. <laughs> I'm not giving it to the dog. Do you know why? Do you know why dogs stick their heads out of windows? Because they're idiots. Well, no, when they when you're driving, because of their sense of smell. It's because they've got such a keen sense of smell. If they mm. stick their head out a window or ride in a ute, it's like drugs to a dog. Wow. Then all the scents and pollens just go whooshka. Like ratatouille. It's like being off, off <laughs> smacked oh, off your face if you're, if you're a dog. Mm. And so that's why they do it. So next time you see a dog with its head out the window, they go, oh, isn't it cute? You go, you get into rehab, you dirty, <laughs> mangy dog. But it'd be interesting to see how you have to present the, the fecal matter. That's right. Yeah. Fe- fecal matter, by the way, would be a great name for a, a heavy rock band. A band. Yeah, fecal matter. Please welcome fecal matter. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> fecal matter. Playing the stadium. How do I become a familiar? And so you, you sit and you go, oh, your, your nutrition's excellent. Oh. However, can you combine that with poo jogging? What do you mean? Uh, Are you talking about the infamous case in Sydney? Yes. No, there's a lot. Poo jogging's a thing. Yeah. Don't make out like you've you never done it. You don't know it. Come on. 
You've never done a poo on the jog? Okay. What Deke, a jog. Deeks did it. In, oh, that's your takeaway from that conversation, <laughs> is it? Deeks did it I in know. a marathon. Yes. He, he snapped one off. Yeah. Oh. He laid, no, he laid some cable and kept running. <laughs> and he, he, lost, he lost four kilos. Look, looked like he had a potato down his underpants. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are we? Are we? Yeah. Speaking of a hell of a ride and buckling up, you strap yourself in for the biggest weekend I can think of for fans attending Sydney concerts on the same night at the same time. Oh, oh my goodness. They're pretty much similar venues, am I right? Yeah, yeah, they're all in Homebush. So three major international acts holding simultaneous performances tonight could see 120,000 people flocking to the Sydney's Olympic precinct. Uh, that is going to be... Massive. Imagine the public transport. Oh. Be like uh, like one of those trains in Bangladesh with <laughs> with 20,000 people on the roof <laughs> hanging off the sides trying to get out there. Yeah. One of the acts. So we've got, my God, Harry Styles. You Harry? There he goes. Hopefully he'll do a hattie. Yeah. With his, 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 a keep his hat. Bunnings hat. Well, maybe wear a different hat. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Maybe some the good cup of a beer better. But also on the same night, probably the guys who used to be Harry Styles 30 years ago, the Backstreet Boys. Oh, the Backstreet Boys. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be pretty milfy. And one of your favourite... That, that would have been oh, a lot yeah. of young girls yep. who are still holding a candle. Didn't one of them die? Uh, the Backstreet Boys? No, I don't think so. I think a lot of a lot of um, thirty kind of thirty between thirty and thirty five year old boys would be called Jordan, because the lead singer's name was Jordan <laughs> of that band, the, the brother. Didn't one of them become an astronaut? What? Surely not. No, that's uh, in sync. No. That's in sync. Okay, you seem to know a little too yeah. much yeah. about this. <laughs> this is Nick Carter, isn't it? That's Backstreet Boys. Nick Carter. Yeah. Oh, oh you're thinking of the died. brother, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Aaron, Aaron Carter. Yeah, mm. and your favourite, your favourite artist is out there on uh, tomorrow night as well. Uh, I was Westlife. Jay, I was a West, big Jay Westlife Chow. fan. Who's Jay Chow? Who's that? It's Jay Chow. He's uh, tight when he's singing Jay Chow. Are we playing that at the right speed? He'll be, four, he'll be at the Giant Stadium, which has got about 24,000 capacity. So he's got a big crowd. Put, give me some more of that. Yeah. Oh, come on. If you're just tuning in to Triple M right now, we have not lost our minds. It's Jay Chow. And I say the boy, Backstreet Boys, mm-hmm. Harry Styles, and Jay Chu. Yep. All on the same night, going bonkers. You, this is going to be like, you know when you see those things, movies like Armageddon? Yeah. People all trying to get out. Oh, there's a Category 5 hurricane coming to town. Everyone's trying to get out. This will be madness. It will be mm. like Mad Max out there. There'll be people eating each other. There'll be zombies. There'll be- <laughs> well, usually there's 80,000 at the main stadium here. Now this has got another, what, 40,000 on top of that. It's usually mayhem. So give yourself probably two or three hours to get home. Which one of those acts would you go to see? Probably uh, Jay Chow. Chow. Chowie. This is my karaoke song. (laughs) (laughs) What's the next line? Mickey. Let's get that. (laughs) We have Natasha Belling, who, when she's in the studio, you know there's big breaking news. Hard hitting. (laughs) 
Because she dots the I's and crosses the T's. Uh, she's one of the great newsbreakers in this country. And you do, right? Like, we make her end on the shallow end, but you are up there doing the highbrow stuff. What do you got? Well, this says everything. I've got a job for you two. You know, if things don't work out, yep. I just thought of you well, two. Well, a vote of confidence, <laughs> isn't it? Good on your turn. Thanks, Tash. Thought of you straight away. As we start to see across the world legalising marijuana in many circumstances. Medicinally yes. and even recreationally, I believe. Absolutely. Um, over in the States, Montgomery County is now doing something very interesting. It's bringing in marijuana smokers. Literally, they will go and pick them up in police cars. Yeah. And they walk them to a tent outside its training academy so they can get stoned. Bag of Cheetos, <laughs> bottles of water, and plenty of pizza are on the house for free. Why? Pa- well, participants are then used as test subjects for officers trying to determine whether someone is too high to drive. Now, that's not easy, no, apparently. It's not easy. Unlike people who drive drunk and whose impairment can be quantified by breathalysers and blood alcohol tests, it's more difficult to work out with marijuana. Apparently. Ah, here's the roadside test. Hello, driver. One down the window. Can I interest you in a piece of this pizza? <laughs> if that's yes, get in the back of the <laughs> and, van. And doesn't the would eyes, you, the eyes, the eyes Would it away. you like uh, a packet of burger rings? <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Is that a bong between your knees? <laughs> no, it's a Mr. Juicy. What are you doing in there? Electing a pope? (laughs) (laughs) So they go and get the cops go and then pump you full of marijuana. Yes. And then when you've got the munchies, they feed you and And, then put you behind the wheel of a car. And all the snacks are provided. And apparently the Washington Post story provided an account of a recent session held on a Thursday night that lasted for nearly four hours. Participants engaged in a 30-minute consumption session, followed by impairment evaluations inside the building and repeated the cycle. We've got to do this here. We've got to bring it to Sydney. I think there's an occupational health issue with that, Well, they're, they're doing it in America. I mean, and as long as they've got clear eyes, it like, doesn't clear eyes. Clear eyes. <laughs> All right, driver one down the window. Would you like to listen to Pink Floyd? <laughs> On the doors? Oh, let's get to the bottom of that. <laughs> Here's an interesting story that's just come across my desk. A Reddit user has blamed his wife for a massive pile of contact lenses wow. he's found under the bed. He's moved the bed to do some cleaning. And have a look at this picture. There has to be a thousand discarded contact lenses. So... She must be throwing away her daily contacts behind the headboard. So oh. she goes to bed, takes them out, and just flicks them under oh. the... This is disgusting. So you now, you wear contacts? I've worn contacts for 20 years. Now, she's obviously very wealthy because you can get daily contact lenses, and I stretch it out for a week. You can. Yeah, we've learned that. We've learned that. That's one thing we've, there's one thing we've learned from you on this show is that you are a pauper. You know what it's like? It's like, it's like, it's like men with underpants. You wear them and then you turn, turn them inside, inside out, out and you wear them again. So, yes. so you just put your contact lenses on you back can to front. You can stretch it out a week, right? But this back is disgusting for her to flick them out on the floor. You wear glasses as well. So do you wear both? Yes. So if I'm not wearing glasses, I'll wear contact okay. Here's her excuse. The problem is once they were out of my eyes, I could only see about six inches away from my face. The lenses are curved and wet and sometimes miss when I'm trying to drop them. But I never know. Bullshit. Yes, correct. That is a big pile of used contact lenses that you're flicking like boogies. Oh, exactly. 
and what are you? A 12-year-old boy? Now, your contacts, you wear them? Yes. Do you wear contacts? No. Mm. You wear glasses. What do you mean you wear? My fingers are too fat to put them in. I've tried contacts. (laughs) And I, I put him in the upside down. I'm going, oh, Jesus. You've got to be really. Fingers are too fat for contacts. Can I tell you, I went on a golf trip right, with one of my mates who wears contact lenses. And I heard him. At the, so we're getting ready for bed. Again, we're sharing. sharing. He's in the bathroom. And I hear him all this swearing. And they go in. And he's literally poking himself in the yeah. eyes. And I go, mate, what are you? We'd had a couple. Yeah. I go, a couple of lily pillies. <laughs> He's stabbing himself in the eye. And I go, mate, what are you doing? He goes, I can't get the contacts out. And he's dragging his fingers across his eyes and sticking them in. I look down and I go, mate, they're already out. (laughs) They were were in the contact contact lens holder on the half dinner. I told you about my mate Russell Gilbert. Yes. Who who made chili, chili curry, and then put his contact lenses in and went, literally went, Oh, it started steaming. I've gone to sleep with one at the back of my eye. What's 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 good about them? Well, you you don't have to wear glasses. Like when I'm on TV, I'll wear contacts. But then I've forgotten you look, you, one. You look good in glasses. Oh, thank you. Have you had a couple of lily pillies? Yes. Do <laughs> <laughs> you ever use the, the you know the coloured ones that make your yes. eyes? Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll wear them. Yeah, I'd like them. Can't get them in because your fingers yeah, are too fast. Well, I'd get, get my wife to put them in for me. All right, that's enough. All mine to be like, I don't know, red, red or something. Just a come on, sausage fingers. Freak, <laughs> freak people out. Yeah, probably saying oh, about the devil. Oh. What are the some some of the things that your partner does that annoys you? Yes. Yeah. Well, nothing. My wife. We nothing. don't have time for this. <laughs> Makes a suit out of human skin in the Hello. basement. Hello, Hannibal Lecter. Bring a load of chemicals. <laughs> We have been joined live in the studio for the first time, hopefully first of many. Dom Knight uh, joins us. How are you, mate? Gentlemen, so good to be here. So nice to have you in Sydney at I, last, I Mick. No, it's like a royal visit, isn't it? It is. I'm, I'm up here. I'm like a Prince Harry of sorts. You Just, are very much like a Prince yeah, Harry of sorts. And take that back. Have, have you had the same issues with the with the cold climates, Mick? I'm worried. I heard you were getting the snip done. I did get the snip done. You did? And did they do a print? How did they freeze the area? <laughs> did they bring out the little frost gun? They did, and I applied some topical tr- cream at the time, which I'm thankful to say didn't make me think my dead mother was in the room. <laughs> there was the bit of that story that really felt a bridge too far, wasn't it? Yeah. Hey, I'm applying topical cream to my frostbitten penis mm. and it made me feel like my mother was in the room. It's what Diana would have wanted. It's <laughs> what she would have wanted uh, if she could. So it's all done now. Oh, I'm, I'm safely out the other side. Uh, the splint has been removed. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, well, it's a big move. Did uh, you keep some spares just in case down the track? Because I was thinking you, you, did, you wouldn't want to pull the pin before you had a full Richmond Tigers. Uh, <laughs> I like a team. An 18. An eight, 18 sons. Do you I'm know, thinking? the moment it dawned on me was when I was watching my two 10-year-old boys, uh, twins, mm. of course, uh, punching each other in the face in the family room <laughs> while I was trying to watch some sport on telly. And I went, this has to stop. <laughs> this has to be the end of the line or we're done. But in regard to my uh, storage, yes. I have stored some. Oh, and good my, stuff. My oh. advice to you is if you're coming around to my place and you open the freezer, <laughs> don't use the ice cube tray. <laughs> 
the frozen <laughs> yogurt. That's great. But see, so that's no, one no, way to go. It's too Maria. One way to go is you just <laughs> you just stop. The other thing is you could take the MG approach and go. This is your your future front row of the yeah. Penrith Panthers. Yeah. There it is. Uh, yeah. They're punching on at ten or whatever it is. How, about, how many? What, what's your? I've got current two, status. Two boys, three girls. Two boys, three girls, and you're done. Mm. Well, never say never, baby. Never say never. That's why you got to store it. That's right. If oh, there's anything I can do to help, I'll, I'll come around and push your bottom up and down. Can you do, MG? Can you just come around and well, we the, get this across the line? Just sit in the rocking chair like you usually do. That would do. You have Mick, kids, Dom? Yes, I've just had a second. I was thinking Mick and MG in the maternity ward. What enough of that would be. We yeah, could do we had an OB a, from there. That would be amazing. Now, we had a second baby since I was last here on the M's. We Fantastic. thought we'd go against so it. Two girls. Yep. So the second one's an absolute a beast, MG. I've got to get her to your gym because I reckon she's going to play rugby league. I, we can barely hold her. She's not even a year old and we can barely hold her still. She's wow. scrambling around that much. And I've got to say, guys, yesterday I was just, I was changing her nappy. Yes. I was wiping up the poo, as you do. Yes. Yeah. You know, I'm a, a Good hands on, on dad. Hands, hands on, on dad. dad. And I just thought, surely a society that's come up with like an artificial intelligence that can generate a whole university yeah. essay that can come up with better banter than some of your competitors on other breakfast shows, by the way. Um, surely this society's got a better system for wiping up baby poo. Like, you know what I think of is those, you know, those bomb disposal robots? Like some, employ some of that technology to come in and uh, do the nappy. Oh. That's a good idea. I tell you what, I wouldn't have minded one of those Hurt Locker, the full helmet and the, the gear would have been fun. Well, so was, Jeremy Renner could have done with that when his latest uh, oh, he, he snowmobile accident. My the goodness. Full Locker. Yeah, he's been in the hurt locker, hasn't I, he? I like that a lot. I was just thinking because, um, I mean, we've got a washing machine. Yep. Yes. It's sitting right there next to the change table. Now, I, I don't want to put her in a, in a front loader. That's not safe. But the twin tub, you can't tell me if there's a harness on the twin tub. That wouldn't sort things we out. We can adapt that, surely. This one for Shark Tank. The next episode, <laughs> what was the story, Kat? What, did we have a story here about a two-foot baby? Yeah, it was a two-foot baby in Brazil that was oh, wow. born, and it was about like 15 kilos or yeah, something. So, yeah. <laughs> That's the first thing we thought of. Imagine that baby snapping one off. I mean, I've, I've, I've done a few nappies in my time, but yeah, get that down to forensics. He was born eight. He was ba- eight years old when he was born, basically. Oh, my goodness. That's how big he was. Signed up by the Penrith Panthers yeah, already. Yeah, the Melbourne Storm. They're both chasing his tail. Had oh. a beard. Had pubes. <laughs> Smoking, <laughs> and of course, you guys have worked together in the past on the network. Which well, was... I was um, the boys from the Chaser were on a, a bit earlier time slot than I would come yeah. in the afternoon with uh, with Liam when I was on the rush hour. And so, what are you boys now doing since then? Have you? Oh, look, we had the coveted three to four p.m. slot at Triple M at one point, <laughs> but we've, we've now upgraded to to podcast land. Okay, yes, where you get to record any time you like. It doesn't really matter. And so, Charles and I just get together in someone's kitchen or wherever it is, and just basically ramble on. And apparently people listen to it. It's, it's amazing. Bizarre. You guys, he's playing it down. Uh, they're yeah, yeah, absolutely yeah. monstrous in that domain. It has been there for a while, hasn't it, where you go, we're, we're like going and doing radio, but imagine if you could cut Bon Jovi out of the question <laughs> <laughs> and just stitch all those bits together. But it is, I think finally there is a way to monetize yeah. and enjoy the process. Do you listen to podcasts? Yeah, I do. I love them. When when do you listen to them? Usually on the way home from here. Like I'd put I'll put like maybe a Joe Rogan in or mm. I, I like I'm a big fan of his. Um I like your one with Titus. I listen to that Thank for, you. Off, pretty often. So um sometimes I listen to the show and go back and see how we went and, and most times I'm disappointed. Wow. <laughs> That's great. You can air check it yourself. So you spend your whole life not trying to be air checked and then you go and air check yourself. No, no you're an idiot. I've there, never done it. I've there are times you want the longest story. That's the joy of the podcast. Yeah. I remember we had you on one day, MJ, talking about the, the Wally Lewis incident. Yes. 
And we were about, about, I don't know, four or five minutes into the, into the story. And the, the producer was getting antsy. He wanted us to hit some rock. We were like, no, but what happened? <laughs> yes. So, you know, oh, no, it makes sense. You got it. That, that's a full, that's a 90 minute movie that, that well, moment I, in origin. I actually, I just come back from last weekend. I went to Leeton and then to Yass and, um, I get up and talk for maybe 30, 35 minutes about, you know, my life in, in detail. And that's one of the stories that everyone wants to know about what happened, what happened. And it's kind of like a, it is, it's kind of like, it's got, it's, it's a bang, 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 bang. It's got quarters. How, mm. how I was told to have a green light to go and run a muck. <laughs> how I how I did that, how I was in the dressing room after the game, and then how I got suspended and never played Origin. Again. <laughs> <laughs> What's the brief been from Triple M management on that front? Have they gone go the full Wally with the new show? Yeah, well, <laughs> it's, it's very hard not to with this man to my left. It's he's like he, he's he's bringing a whole new dynamic. Speaking of Leighton, are you across this story? Uh, last weekend he went to Leighton to yeah. do a gig and came back owning a winery. <laughs> No way. No. <laughs> yes. uh, I've, I've been to Leeton. I can't believe I got out of the place without buying a vineyard. <laughs> What's going on? Well, as you do, when you go to Leeton, you just get a, you know, you have a wine tasting and one thing leads to another, Dom. I mean, most of us managed to get in and out without purchasing the place. I was at Sepplesfield, I don't know, a couple of months ago with, with Merrick Watts. And I didn't, you'd stump up a hundred million to buy the place, but no, that's great. Oh, Lily Pilly Wines, he's bought, he's bought into it. Yeah, oh, that's been, great. Yeah, but he's gone up there, he's had a, Pretty good Sav Blanc, mm, yes. and thought, bugger it, I wind in. Yep. So you're talking now to the owner of a brewery. Why? I was just wondering if the two of you are going to sort of do a combo. Oh, well, we well, could combine the two, and I don't know. We could. That could be trouble. Or we could pull our resources and get into the lucrative Bacardi Breezer market. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> what else has caught your fancy lately, mate? Oh, look, i got to say, the state election's coming up. Oh, yeah. yeah okay. I, Can you educate me in this? I'm new to the town. New, new to the I don't town. know a lot about state politics. It's a bit like Victoria, except that the, the Liberals win here generally <laughs> lately. But things have gotten a little bit confusing because I, I thought I was the dom around town. Yeah. I, you, you, were know, the, you were the main dom for a while. It's, it's not a thank you very much, MG. I appreciate that. But then Dom Perrottet comes <laughs> on. I've got to concede the Premier's better known than I am. Yes. So, just, Dom, so do you concede defeat? I, well, it depends what happens in the election. Let's, <laughs> let's just say it. But the crazy thing is there's a whole army of Perites. So it turns yeah. out it's a very strange situation. There's a parliamentary inquiry going on. They're looking yes. into some stuff that happened at the Hills Council, and they can't find the Premier's brothers. This no. is very confusing. There's, a, I think, a Charles and a Jean-Claude Perrottet. Jean-Claude, yeah. They're a pretty fancy mob, the Perrottets. And there's yeah. so many of them, they've lost several of them. It's like, send out a search party. Well, they need a head count or something. Yeah. And have they gone, is there is suspicious circumstances? Or <laughs> is it just MIA? Or well, one of them's in Victoria, which is inherently suspicious. Sorry, yeah, yeah, but it just yeah, is. Yeah, well, as well. And, but then I think Jean-Claude, they can't track him down. And he's, he's saying no to the subpoena. Have they thought of asking Dominic Perrottet where his brother is? Like, would that work? And then it made me think, is there an official bounty hunter in the state of New South Wales? Oh, well, good Is there call. someone to track him down? Because if there's not, this man here, MG, oh, yep. text him a photo of MG. Yeah. This man's coming for you if you don't. <laughs> well, not He's going to turn not, up. Not this, this is the new MG. So the, the old MG, yes, but I've got a mate called Spook. Oh, really? Who will be on to him like side on chips. More MG than MG. Who was the bounty hunter? The dog? Oh, the dog. The dog and his wife, remember? Yes, they would be good, but that would be a good way to find this man, wanted poster style. (laughs) Are they hiding him for electoral purposes? I don't know. Well, look, what they're claiming is is that it's a bit of a, it's all a a bit of a sideshow before the election. Labor and the Greens are trying to sort of embarrass them. 
But the big problem the Liberals have got in this election is they haven't pre-selected enough candidates yet. At last count, last time I checked a couple of days ago, 20 seats didn't have any Liberal candidates. Wow. Which is why I was excited to see back on the weekend, I don't know if you've seen this, there's a video doing the rounds apparently of one of the Liberal candidates snorting Coke. Uh, they haven't okay. said who it is, but it's apparently doing the rounds. It just made me think, what an amazing recruitment strategy to find the 20 people <laughs> to turn up. There's, there's perks in the job, apparently. I don't, I don't know where he's running. Is he running in Bondi or she? I don't know who it is. But... Wow. Well, there it is. I can't wait to get to the well, bottom of that. Tw- you, 20 we're... vacant seats. Yeah. That's not a ringing endorsement for the Liberal no. Party if they can't. Fill them. Deliberately, are they not filling well, those positions? I'm or? wondering if they can't find enough Perites to... <laughs> well, something like 20... He's got seven kids. Yeah, that's right. I mean, at some point, we're all going to be Perites in New South Wales. They're going to have the numbers. I can just see it coming. We'll all be getting around in Nazi costumes. We'll be enjoying ourselves. Have oh. you got a tip for the election? Uh, well, too early? You've got to wait to walk? They're till... saying it'll be hung, hung parliament. That's what I've heard most recently. I think what an amazing thing right after Sydney World Pride. Our parliament is hung, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> like a horse. Uh, that could be uh, the election campaign there. Thanks for coming by today, Dom. Anything else? We, we mentioned the podcast. Anything yeah, the Chaser happened? Report. Thank you so much for having me on. Pleasure. I'll be back on the ends. Hopefully uh, the first of many. Here is the week that was. We started off this week with a story from Mick in a club in London. This is back in the One Direction days. And I see this guy up at the bar. He's obviously a One Direction fan and he's dressed exactly like Harry Styles. Right, top to bottom. And I go, I can't handle this. I'm going to have to go and say a word. <laughs> so I, I go up to this guy at the bar and I go, mate, seriously, it's okay to like him, right? But come on, it's getting a bit much. Just <laughs> dial it down a notch. And I walk back to my friends and go, what did he say? What did he say? I go, who? They go, Harry Styles. No! Oh! Yeah. What? It was Harry Styles. Russell Crowe was denied entry at a restaurant in Melbourne called Mr Miyagi. So he's turned up uh, piping hot after a game of tennis with his girlfriend and been turned away. Yep. My report is he didn't take it very well. Here's what he said when they asked him for ID. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius and I will have my vengeance. In this life or the next. After they asked him to leave, he was over here having this conversation with his girlfriend. At my signal, <laughs> unleash hell. <laughs> Mr. Miyagi, what would you do if I was if I was if I was doing if I was thrown out of Mr. Miyagi? I'd do the crane. Daniel <laughs> Wax on, uh, wax, wax off. off. And Mick waited till the end of this song to cough right in your earballs. Come on! I'm a professional. You had so much time to cough. <laughs> no, no, that no, song was three minutes and 30 seconds of coughing time. Yeah, but... Unreal. <laughs> we asked Mick what he usually does after a night out. I've got a drink, take it home. Sometimes I don't even ask, I just go, yeah, I'll just <laughs> grab a blankie. <laughs> And head to the drunk tank. Same. And you thaw out. Same. You thaw out. <laughs> Don't even try it on. No. You'll get maced. No, <laughs> no wave at the doorway. Nothing. No. I'll see you tomorrow morning. No. <laughs> A surprising hit at the box office is Cocaine Bear. Apex Predator. Based on a true story, they may have taken a bit of licence with it, as they have with a new film. It's called Attack of the Meth Gator. It'll go nuts. Imagine. It'll be like an alligator with no teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and doesn't, doesn't blink for four years. Yeah. Before, before it eats you, it asks you for two bucks to catch a train. <laughs> 
Mick also had his own idea for a movie with a very snappy, self-explanatory title. Vampire Lesbian Surfy Chicks. I've written the film. I've actually pitched it. People go, I'll buy it. Vampire Lesbian Surfy Chicks. What's the premise? Well, uh, you can probably guess. (laughs) It goes off. Tash also brought us some very important news, which we took very seriously. More than 2,500 people are set to strip off for a vital cause in the world's largest annual nude swimming race. It's being held now. It's called a beach. I've got the. It's, it, it's, it's called Cobbler's Beach. Cobbler's. Now, <laughs> I bet it is. I went and did a deep dive on Cobbler's. And it's the... Okay, here we I'm go. Gonna, I'm going to get that phrase. Here we go. And that's going to come back to all you. Deep dive I've done a deep cobblers. dive on cobblers. Mick and MG agreed they've let themselves go. I sit on the toilet with the toilet door open. Yes. I wee in the shower. So do I. I leave my derp sunny side up on the bathroom floor. Oh. I can't remember the last time I saw my toes. Uh, do you turn your underpants inside out instead of changing them? Naturally. Well, if they then. pass the sniff test. <laughs> When I've got a double chin, I just grow a beard. You know what I mean? Uh, Wave the white flag. Sam Pang was asked what Mick would be doing if he wasn't a comedian. A male model. Oh, yeah, for, a hand model, for, but for not sli- even for that. slippers. <laughs> Tom Brady, he wants to pursue a career in stand-up comedy. Yeah. Uh, what do you think Mick would be doing if he wasn't doing exactly what he's doing now? Tom Brady going into stand-up yeah. would be like you opening up a franchise of gyms. You know what I mean? Fitness, fitness and w- wellness centres or something like that. It'd be unbelievable. Well, G- G45, Gout 45. That's what it'd be called. And what he's like on the golf course. People have this idea that he would be wonderful company. Do you know what I mean? Oh, Mickey, what a what a larrikin, what a knockabout. He, you know, he is just shocking company. The first round he walked off after eight because he wasn't playing well and it was too hot. And the second time he played nine and we walked past the clubhouse, we kept going and he went into the clubhouse because it was too cold. So I think fair weather is the best description, Michael. My best ever was uh, when we were on the driving range beforehand and I went, nah, not nah, today. Didn't even make it. <laughs> MG tried to make sense of going vegan with this celebrity list. Uh, Woody Harrelson, uh, Olivia Wilde, who was with Harry Styles and now she's not. Toby Maguire, that's why he was Spider-Man. He's not anymore because he can't get his strength up. You won't believe this one. The Exorcist. Linda Blair is a vegan. Well, that explains her pallid <laughs> complexion. That's why your head goes around and around. That's why around. she's so angry all the time. And Brad Fittler gave us one of the more bizarre moments and a glimpse into his mornings. All right, you won't believe this. I just went up to my chicken coop and got some eggs, and I'm walking around with a plate for some unknown reason. I smashed the eggs in my pocket. This is there's the bombshell of the morning. I'm just going to go and change my shorts. And to bring this baby home, we learnt how Mick's sons wrapped him up at the bar. The other day at my favourite watering hole, Jimmy's, Mm. Jimmy said, why don't we get you boys behind the bar and you can serve? He put the aprons on them and Fred came up and goes, you're off tap, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) He goes, you'll get nothing here but fresh air. That was the week that was on Mick and MG in the morning on Triple M. Nick Malloy, MG in the morning. 